children, eh? Yeah, you should have seen what I was doing a minute ago. But yeah, just getting Ariella ready so she can go out for a walk and we can have some time together. Okay, I'm just going to check your... Uh, can you, you can hear properly into the mic there and your sound is good. We're all, all set good. to go. Okay, yeah. sweet. All right, so I've got some questions for you today. You know, you are uh, a women extraordinaire. We've been 15 <laughs> years together. You've uh, traveled all over the world. Um, you did not do any of these adventures prior to, to meeting me, but you became um, an explorer yourself. But I think what most impresses me about you is uh, the ability to have uh, our children out and about uh, on adventures that many people are scared to even go on without kids. So, so I guess today's podcast, I really want to focus on how you in particular, because yes, I'm the dad and I do all sorts of heavy lifting in different ways to get the kids out the door and on these adventures, but really at the end of the day, if we call a spade a spade, uh, the head of the house when it comes to taking care of the children is uh, Bella. So, first question for you is, when you're planning to take to do a trip with the kids, what do you prepare uh, to get out the door with three toddlers? Um, there's a lot of uh, things to prepare. There's the clothing for three kids, uh, the base layer, snowsuits, and then there is um, all the gear I'm going to need for the kids, um, mattresses, making sure they're working because it's, you know, you get to your camp spot, you're tired, it's cold, and the kids want to get in the tent. So to make sure that everything is functional, ready, and working. And also I... Um, one thing that I tend to bring is what they love to eat, so snacks and... Uh, Are you talking that we bribe our children to make sure that when they're being fussy, they, we can have some control? <laughs> we do, we do, and honestly, it works. Um, they <laughs> cooperate better, and knowing that they have uh, a reward at the end of the day uh, makes them make the effort that we need them well, to do. In all sincerity, it takes from going from a very fussy moment of Katarina's about to burst into tears because she wants whatever yellow thing that our boy has just grabbed. Um, and it makes it uh, that, that, that terrible parental bribery of either, A, you'll have a reward, which is like, hey, we'll do a marshmallow on the fire when we get there, associated to what we're doing, or it is sometimes a candy reward. Yes. Make sure that you know what your kids like, bring it along with you, and use it wisely. <laughs> what do you find hard about... Uh, Getting the getting being on a camping trip with the kids. What's the hardest thing um, when we're out in the bush that that you find difficult? For me, I think is going their pace. I've always been uh, someone that needs to get to camp early and making sure we're there before it's nighttime. Um, so also, um, yeah, so for me, it's really that. And uh, what I learned is the kids are comfortable where at, whenever they're with us. So if I feel like I'm impatient and I'm getting stressed, they can feel it and they'll you know, respond to that. So always making them feel that they're safe. Even if we're not making it to camp, it is fine. We can make home anywhere we're at, on the trail, next to the trail. And uh, that they, they shouldn't, we shouldn't stress them too much what about What stresses you? What stresses you when you're out there? Irrelevant of like, um, what makes you get to the point where you're getting uh, stressed or answering back at them a little bit more curt than you would be? Is it uh, when Katarina has jumped into the lake for the fourth time and you've just changed her? Uh, is it when they make a mess in the airstream? Or what, what makes you anxious when you're out in the wilderness with the kids? Uh, it's uh, not following a routine. 
it's uh I feel like I lose control of how's the day gonna end or what when are we gonna do the shower or uh are they gonna go to sleep early? So for me it's really letting go of that routine and um that, that's, and that's what it. I felt. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the hardest thing. I, I find that for example when we leave the them sleeping in the tent and we're by the fire, there's a little bit of anxiety of Oh, did a, is a bear around or is a mouse going to go in, in the tent and crawl up? Um, or if we're in a canoe uh, and Mikio, when he was younger, would start to, to scream hysterically. Or Catalina, actually. Mikio didn't mind it that much, but once in a while. But Catalina has been in, and she just screams hysterically that she doesn't want to be in the canoe. And I think I find that difficult because it's no different than being in the car. Um, and the kids start to scream and you're just like, I can't take yeah. this. I can't really, <laughs> I, uh, really think. Okay. So how do you prepare to have a baby in the back country? And what do you do to take care of any of our kids? Um, when we're on a winter camping trip or a summer camping trip, how, how are they dressed? How do they, what do you, what do you do that's different for a baby than for an adult? So I make sure, first of all, that I have, uh, more diapers than I need. I once ran out of, um, of, a di of diapers on a camping trip and for a day or a little bit longer than a day um Mikio was um it was when we were camping with Mikio and we were in the middle of nowhere no access to diapers so I've learned to pack more than I need uh to prepare them I also make sure they always have a dry layer and uh a layer that they can get wet and uh, bring extra uh, if you have two snowsuits, you never know if your kid is going to get wet, jump in the water, and then you'll end up with a wet snowsuit and a very uncomfortable and cold night for the child. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what type of suit have the kids used before? Uh, what type of down suit? What's the brand called? The Morrison Outdoor. Morrison You're talking Outdoor. about the um, sleeping snowsuits? Yeah. Yeah, so Morrison Outdoor has those amazing, uh, they're like a big onesie big blanket that you close with a zipper it's down and it's safe because um the child doesn't need to use a sleeping an extra sleeping bag so they're always free of uh, blankets and cover that can um, prevent them from breathing properly and uh, make uh, make sure to bring a good wool took as well because these ones don't have a hoodie so you have to keep your head warm with a nice wool took okay so i'm gonna to share a story that we're in the Northwest Territories and uh, we forgot to bring a decent quantity of diapers. Um, and by day nine or 10, we were out of diapers and we'd sent by the in-reach satellite communicator saying, hey, you know, to the pilot, can you bring us some diapers? But it's a few days out. And uh, so we started by sacrificing uh, the oldest clothing first uh, and that's what we threw in. And then uh, and then it was after that, uh, the, the nicer shirt, and then because the temperatures were hovering around zero. So, so the baby can't be uh, wrapped in a wet pee t-shirt or have poop or whatever it may be. So you have to constantly be changing them. And it was just so brutal to have to sacrifice this clothing. And when the, the float plane pilot arrived a couple of days later, being a father himself and not knowing what size our child was, uh, he brought three different sizes of, of uh, diapers on the trip. And that, and that was very, very much appreciated uh, when he landed and did that. Can you think of any stories with the kids that, uh, that come to mind where you've either had uh, a worrisome moment or, or where you're concerned that, that uh, Katarina is going to get chilled? 
Um, anything come to mind in particular? Yeah, I think we had a really scary episode on our last family camping trip last uh, fall. Mikio was extremely exhausted. We were higher up camping, higher up in the mountains, so higher elevation. He's had had a long couple days of hiking to that camp spot and also all the excitement of being camped. Um, so he, we were about to uh, have dinner and everybody was chilling, um, good company. We had friends coming, so even more excitement for him because he had um, a friend joining his little adventure. He, um, I think, fell when he was dancing and hit his knee, and I think the pain was so, so strong that he fainted. For a couple of seconds, he fainted on us, and I think I got the biggest fear of my life. I, everything rushed through my mind where we are at, if anything, you know, how do we get him out? And so all those rush, all those thoughts rushing in and, um, Roberto was calmer. Eventually Mikio woke up and uh, he explained to us that he was dreaming that he's, um, Brain was here, first, but... First, he was in my arms but just after he had fallen uh, because he was crying and I picked him up. And it was in that instant that he was in my arms that he kind of like passed out for a second. Um, and you could see that he had just passed out for a second. And, and we're in the middle of nowhere. Fortunately, we, do, we did have signal out there. So we were able to like get online quickly and, and start looking stuff up. Um, but I took him to the tent with me and I lay down with him in my sleeping bag. And then we started to go online immediately to, to check if what did just happen to our kid that suddenly passed out because we had no idea. And, uh, and it seems to be that some toddlers, when they, or young little boys or girls, when they hold their breath too long, and this is what causes them to, to pass out like that. And, uh, and Mikio, whenever he's laughing hysterically uh, or in shock of something, is the, I guess what happened in this case, a mix of he was dancing and laughing and he fell and he got so surprised by falling and hurt himself that he was in kind of shock that he keeps himself from breathing. So, so this actually happened the other night as well when I was tickling him and I, was, and I took a pause, but, but then I noticed that he did the same thing that he had done um, that other time. So, so we're definitely concerned um, and it's very different to be at home than to be out in the bush, but this is twice in six months. Yeah. So be like, ready for worst case scenarios and stay calm. Yeah, so it's <laughs> important definitely to stay, to stay calm when you're on on these trips because um, because who knows what what can what your reaction is is often what the kids. Um, yeah. You, you don't react so great when they fall off the bed or anything either, though. Let's call a spade a spade. Oh, my gosh. The first time Mikio fell from the bed, I, like, hysterically called Roberto. He fell from the bed, and what's going to happen? And then Ariella happened to be to fall from the bed about a month ago, and I was like, oh, she fell from the bed. She'll be fine. Yeah. It's a, I guess that's what <laughs> you happens. You evolve. Uh, that's definitely what happens after, after the third one. Um, I have some questions yeah, uh, from followers, and I think um, one of them was the sleeping arrangements. What worked for us is we take a three-person tent for five. Uh, Ariella really doesn't take much space. She's in my sleeping bag, pretty much make one person. Um, so um, the idea is she's in a snowsuit, depending on the weather or not, and in my sleeping bag. And then Mikio is in his own on his own mattress and sleeping bag. Catalina is usually starts on her own mattress and sleeping bag and will eventually end up inside daddy's sleeping bag somehow and out of hers. So whatever works for you, uh, you'll have to try different arrangements and eventually you'll find the right one. 
do you, you know, a lot of people find that breastfeeding, breastfeeding, I can see if I can say it properly, breastfeeding journey uh, difficult. How do you manage when you're in the back country to be breastfeeding? Because I know you've breastfed on planes, trains, automobiles, top of mountains, in a canoe, in a kayak, all these random places. So is there anything that you need to do differently aside from uh, wearing your life jacket very loosely so that the baby can access? Um, offer the breast often. Don't wait for your child to be hungry and crying. I think it's it's a lot easier to breastfeed than having to bring a bottle and formula or solid food for our kids. You know, some things they don't like. I don't like this. I don't want to eat that. And you're like, oh, there are no, no options. You have to eat whatever is there. Um, yeah, so breastfeeding is easier. Wear, for example, I have noticed that you'll, you'll have a shirt that was a terrible shirt for breastfeeding. And so yeah. you make sure to wear a shirt that makes it easier access for, for the Correct. kids. Correct, yeah. Um, so and especially at night, something comfortable. Um, the child always wants to comfort at night, and so they'll spend more time on your breastfeeding and close to you, so wear something loose. Um, in, my, in my case, I don't, I don't wear a sports bra because I find it's an extra layer to get through, um, so that works for me. How do you get the kids uh, to go pee and poo when you're in the back country? Oh, I'm always scared about a leak at night, you know, a leak at night camping. Could happen to anyone. Mikio could forget or Catalina, you know, an accident happens. So uh, be prepared in case somebody has an accident. Um, Mikio is five and a half. He will not wear a diaper at night to avoid that. So make sure that they go to the bathroom. Mikio hasn't worn a diaper in a long time. Exactly. So just to make sure that they're going to the bathroom with uh, an empty bladder and reinforce on do you have to go pee before going to sleep, don't drink too much water. Um, and then also teach them to wake you up. If they feel like going to the washroom, wake me up and I'll take you outside. And Yeah, for sure. Well, Mikio, he spent so much time in the back country with us and in the front country as well. And front country is when you're like RVing and doing uh, trips like that. Back country is when you're really off the grid. But he spent so much time on these trips with us that, that he was habituated to go just pee in the forest anywhere. And, uh, and it was really funny because when we were kind of transitioning him to living more of a city life or being in Whistler or in our small town, we had to tell him like, no, 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 you can't just go pee in the corner of that store over there because it's not like you're in the forest. And, I always found that obviously uh, quite quite humorous. And also uh, teach them to not pee two feet from your tent. Yes, that, <laughs> that, that it has to stay a clean area, a clean space for everyone. Because you uh, well, also that have to you too. Because I remember when you <laughs> used to get scared. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. You'd be too scared to go far away from the tent, so you'd go out at night, and I would just hear like a foot away from my head. <laughs> You're nice. Thank you. A little further from the tent, please. What scared you in, uh, when when you used to go out of the tent at night? What you mean? Ten years ago, well, yeah, you, you, you didn't help too. You, he's the type that like would go in the forest at night, turn off his headlamp, and not make a noise for like a couple of minutes, so that I don't know where he is, and he would just that do that fun. for fun. You know, you know, it's it's basically you've got the fire going in the middle, and the light creates this halo, obviously around uh, a ring of of light around the forest. But if you step a foot back from that ring, you're in pitch darkness, and so I would step back. And then I wouldn't say a word for five minutes and Shane would be like, Roberto, where are you? Where are you? And then she'd be like, you get here now, now or... or... And then I would just step into the light and be like, hey, I'm here, I'm here, no worries. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was um, I have another question. I think it's an interesting question. Somebody asked me if I bring toys when we're, um, when we're camping with kids. I do bring 
things that they like, but I, I try not to bring like a giant truck. I'll bring something that uh, is small in size um, and they can, you know, be creative with. Uh, and sometimes we don't, we're like, no, they'll find something else to play with their rocks, their branches, you know, they can figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they have learned to play with a lot of uh, stuff in the wilderness. And, and frankly, if you just give them the imagination of being like, hey, let's build this bridge under this, uh, over this little river, uh, which is really just a stream or a puddle, then they get really excited. Do you have another question there? Yeah, I do. Somebody wanted to know, uh, while sleeping arrangements, I covered that. The clothing during day and night for baby, um, for Mary Newell, night and day, all the way. Two layers, uh, two different set, um, a dry set and a wet set, and two pair of socks, a wool toque, and uh, also rain gear. Um, how do you survive insects and bugs? This is a tricky one. Uh, we try to leave the kids in the tent during sunset when the bugs are at the worst. Um, they'll usually happily go in the tent, my kids, just for a break and it's getting dark and, you know, they don't like to be bothered by bugs. Um, we try not to use too much chemicals on, on the kids, but when we have to, we do. For babies, there's, you know, sometimes we wake up and Ariella has, or Catalina then, or Mikio had... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's not harmful, nothing happens, and it doesn't bother them. I think it bothers the parents more than the child. Yeah, although Mikio does tend to, one of our kids tends to scrape or scratch a lot. Yeah, bleeds. right, so after bite, um, in your adventure medical kit, have an adventure, uh, have a medical kit with you. We bring some Advil, Tylenol, we bring uh, Pepto-Bismol for kids, gravel, you know, Anything that you need to survive if your child gets sick. And after bite also. Uh, another question would be food arrangement. So breastfeeding and solids. I'm at different stages with my kids. Uh, Miki and Catalina will usually eat what we're, whatever we're eating. And like I said, I bring what they like. I know they enjoy a hot chocolate in the morning. I know Miki loves pancakes and bacon. Um, so, And then when we're hiking, obviously, we don't have the luxury to choose what we want. So we bring dry foods and um, lots of snacks. And like I say, chocolate, they need the energy. And um, some candies. When... Uh when we're first taking each of the kids out into the wild, uh, there's an adjustment period where they get comfortable with it. You know, when we first started taking Mikio um, on adventures, he would be like in the canoe, and just when we got into the canoe, he'd, be, he'd cry for a good 10 minutes. And uh, yes, we were departing uh, on the middle of the lake in, at night to go to our camping spot, but you know, when you're getting ready with kids, it's, you do tend to leave a little bit later. But all this to say that it just took an adjustment period for him to understand where we were and understand that it was just as safe. Um, and then he would calm down and be super relaxed. And we noticed this with each of the kids when we first started taking them on backcountry trips, that there was a, a small adjustment period of being like, hey, this is camping, this is being in the tent. And if you make it exciting for them, then they, they, they're really keen on it. You know, What would be one of your favorite, more, most memorable trips with uh, toddlers in tow? I think what I have started to enjoy is uh, hiking with Mikio. He hikes on his own, and it's so interesting because he looks at details that I don't see. Uh, oh, look, Mommy, there's a spider web, and that's so exciting. So I try to make it super fun for him. We try to look for squirrels and birds and try to see how a river flows and, um, you know, if a bear was to be around, what we would do to always be loud. So it's teaching them uh, the ethic of camping and hiking, and I, it's fun for me to be sharing. But where's the spot that you, you love, you have 
been on a trip that you loved taking them as uh, as toddlers? Like, if you it, could tell it's, a family, like, you know, I'd recommend that you go yeah. here with your five- and three-year-old. For near home for me would be Chequemis Lake. It's uh, such an easy and beautiful place to get to. Uh, it's a short hike. It gives you the reward of uh, being outside on a, on a deserted in a deserted lake, really, nobody, there are no cars, you don't hear cars, you feel disconnected, and uh, so close to about, home. About three kilometer hike to the beginning of the lake, or seven kilometers to the end of the lake, the trail is uh, is undulating, but but very, relatively flat, um, it descends a bit, and at the end you get to this spectacular, uh, beautiful uh, emerald lake called Chequemis Lake, and there's camp spots that are all along the shoreline, and they're very, they're very easy and accessible for kids to play in the water, and for you to be having uh, a spectacular view. And so that's that's the spot that she seems to pine on. Number one, do you have another question there from somebody? No, I was going to also talk about uh, screen time <laughs> camping. Mm-hmm. I do download on my phone a couple of uh, um, shows that my kids enjoy, and uh, when they're when it's time to get dinner ready and kids changed and, you know, the fire going and the food ready, I, they sit in the tent and they watch for 20 minutes to give me this, uh, to give us yeah. the time we need um, to be attending to dinner and not the kids. For sure. I, I think the iPad in a waterproof case on a uh, backcountry trip can often be quite necessary because we've been on, for example, Moline Lake in Jasper National Park in Alberta and we we're trying to cut across the lake uh, before it goes pitch black, and the waves are getting pretty gnarly. Um, even for for a canoe, you've got the choice of do we go near next to the shoreline, and we get the the waves hitting the side of the canoe, which becomes quite sketchy. And the water is so extremely cold here that even though everybody's in life jackets, the reality is that if the kids were to fall in the water there, they would uh, more than likely, if we're not within a few meters from shore, they would more than likely die from hypothermia because the water is so cold. It's one of the coldest lakes in uh, in in Canada. But the point is that we had to cut right through the middle of the lake, and Mickey was being a bit fussy. But we took out the eye. He's in the bow of the canoe, sitting uh, sitting low in front of, of Shireen. And uh, so we give him the iPad while we're paddling, because I'm doing everything I can just to keep this canoe from tipping. Um, and it's one of those examples where it's not just a moment where we would like some moments for ourselves, for and, and the iPad is serving as a... Uh, <laughs> uh, distraction, distraction for the child, but uh, but it also can be important that in certain scenarios to take it out and and use it so that they uh, they can let you focus on keeping them uh, yeah. alive. And also, if you're starting camping, go start small. Don't have a big uh, expedition for your child. Like go car camping and. You know, so they get the feeling of what camping is, and those are all new feelings. They're out of their routine. They're in the darkness outside. So you really have to give them the time to adjust to that. And our kids know our routine. Like they know that we're not the type that will start at eight a.m. and be to camp by twelve, and everything's ready. Uh, we start when we start, and if it's at five p.m., we still go. Uh, and as soon as night comes, then we we just set up camp and whenever wherever whenever and wherever we are so start slowly and then build up the trust from there give me a few tips on if you're going to a beach destination what you could do to make uh, your toddler happy uh, and enjoy the beach more so you mean on a camping beach or just Uh, any, any beach like you know what do we tend to do with the kids when we're there apart from using rash guards 
sunscreen, rush guards, a hat. Um, we also have a, a how do you, uh, an umbrella, how do you call it? Um, yeah, a tarp, yeah, like yeah, a little uh, sunshade. A tarp or, or even a tent. Or a tent, yeah. We've but, often brought a tent to, to keep them out of the sun. And the wind, because we, we go to windy beaches, and when that works, uh, they need a break from the wind and the sun on their face. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. And uh, what, what would be, I think, if you could choose uh, any destination to next go to with the little ones that's international, uh, where, would you, where would you like to go to bring the kids camping? Ooh. I camping. Yeah. Um, I'd like to take them to the Turks and Caicos, not for camping, but like more like to get a real feeling of the ocean. The ocean is so, so calm there and, and so pristine, so clear. Um, they can see sharks and stingrays. Is so Turks and Caicos for them or for you? It sounds to me more like <laughs> for me. Serious. So they understand my love for the ocean. Another camping trip would be Iceland. I'd love to go to New Zealand as well. Um, we took Mikio to New Zealand. We were in a, in a yeah. caravan. We did. He was two and a half, and I think at five years old, things are different. So take him back to these places. Um, one, of, one of, you know, right now we've spoken a bit about backcountry camping, but obviously the majority of people uh, in the United States and Canada uh, actually go car, car camping. camping and RV camping. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when doing either of those, you know, particularly I guess maybe if a family's going for the first time uh, to go car camping, is there anything that you could recommend to them? Um, to do car camping with kids. You know, when we first started, one of the things that we immediately noticed was great for for any of the kids that we went through was having the playpen. Because even though you wouldn't think of bringing a playpen on a camping trip, if you set it up uh, when you're in a gravel area in your camp spot and and there's vehicles and you don't want your kid eating rocks and it just adds a little level of of safety to them. So is there anything else that you would recommend for for families or, or parents that are thinking of taking their kids, particularly RV camping or car camping? We, we bring everything. Like, we bring our bikes. We we bring a lot of food, extra coolers. So be comfortable. You know, your car camping, um, make it make it great. Um, the kids love it. There's a uh, safe – you can – let's say you're driving and the kids are exhausted and it's time to stop. At least you have the – the, the option of going in your trailer and making it cozy for them. So you're basically saying it's better to go RV camping or car camping? or No, or? both are good. The backcountry one to, teaches them to be come out of their comfort zone, and they love car camping because it's comfortable for everyone too. Yes, definitely. When we, when we land from a backcountry trip, and I say land because we're canoeing, and we stop uh, along the shoreline, and then uh, Mikio jumps out of the canoe, He'll, he'll start running towards the parking lot and he'll start saying, uh, I'm like, Mika, where are you going? He's like, happy, happy. And he's just beelining it to the camper because camping with kids, you know, when we uh, started to, to have kids, uh, the big change was that we needed something a bit more warm, safe, secure in order to continue in that lifestyle. And getting the Airstream was a big step for us because with, without the Airstream, then you go on a backcountry trip, and let's say you go on a three-day hike with your kid, and it's been raining, it's been cold, it's been miserable, and then you come out, and on, all, on many of these trips, you would just arrive back to the car and set up uh, the tent once again, and the kids would be miserable. And so we didn't want to uh, let them feel like that. We wanted to make sure that after we did a backcountry trip or an adventure as such, that when they would come back, uh, it would be coming back to shelter and warmth and... Uh, a shower and music and maybe a hot meal and all of this is made so much easier with an RV or or a, a pop a rooftop tent 
um, and, and setups like that, that where you can basically keep the kid much, much, kids, uh, kid or kids, uh, much more comfortable. And it was a big change. And the reason that we called the Airstream happy to begin with is because Mikio was always uh, so happy in, in the camper uh, as well. And I guess and another thing would be, what would you recommend for so many of these mothers that are taking their kids camping and going on adventures? It's difficult to for you, I think, sometimes for me to, oftentimes for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna go on a bike ride and go explore the area for a bit, but you're at camp taking care of the kids and, and helping out. So it's what, what do you tell those mothers or what the, can they do to feel that they're still doing activities and not just taking care of the kids when they're camping? Share the responsibilities. If your husband's going for an hour ride, then you have to also tell him, okay, so then tomorrow I'm the one going for an hour. And, um, and yeah. Yeah, I know a few couples that in the morning, and I think I've told you this before, that in the morning, the husband would go for 45 minute bike run, whatever it may be. And when he would come back, uh, the next one would go. Um, if, but, if your thing is not biking, you want to do an hour of yoga or you want to meditate or read a book, it's, an, it's important that you take that time for you, whatever is you want to do during that time. Yeah. What do you like to do when you're camping? Um, I like to go riding. I like to do a sport. Mm -hmm. So I'd either go for a bike ride or um, right now I would you know, just I'll do a heat workout or stretching. Just the idea is just you want to get away for an hour and use that time for you, do something for you that you enjoy. Well, thank you for coming on to speak to me today. Thank you. Uh, Turks and uh, Turks. we, Turks, that's one of my nicknames for her. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And if you have more questions, we can cover them on a different occasion. Yeah, send them in by message or Facebook or Instagram. You can always follow uh, Shireen at Expeditioners Bella on Instagram and uh, or Shireen at the uh, Bella at the Expeditioners.com if you want to send her in. Thanks for tuning in today. Sorry it was a little bit uh, raffle-dazzle in the first moments of getting online, but this is the name of the game when you've got a few kids and you've got to send them off before you can get on with doing your podcast. Also really exciting to announce that we are currently also now on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts as well, so you could find our, our show, A Life Extra, Extraordinary, there. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we shall see you next time. I'm Roberto for the Expeditioners coming to you from...